Blog Talk Radio. Tennis, Mr. Chuck Reese. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. Hey, good morning, and this is Coach Chuck Creasy, and it's another week of American Tennis, and man, we are in the thick of things with the collegiate season. And, uh, wow, this stuff is fun. It, it is, is really, really good when you compete the way you need to compete and do the things you need to do and allow your players to grow and you're working for mastery, getting the players better. And, uh, golly, we've had some competition against some wonderful coaches who understand this. And I don't want to just say the old buzzard coaches are like this. You guys, all of you out there say, oh, Coach Creasy, 47 years in it, old buzzard coaches who you're talking about. There's some good young whippersnapper coaches in there, too. And there are. There are. But philosophically, philosophically, uh, you know as a coach when you run up against um, somebody as an educator or an entertainer, and there is a big, big difference. And it's just the whole, whole process of the thing. And you know, and one of the things I've been fighting for, and I don't want to get deep into this because it, uh, I, I've got so much to cover here um, this morning in a short period of time, but uh, for years I've been, uh, we've started escalating the amount of referees out there. It actually costs me more to put on a home match now than it does to go on the road and play at somebody else's house because what happens, you have to pay the referees, you got to pay the food, you got to feed your guy you got to do this you got to do that it is it used to be an easy deal just uh you'd roll out the balls you'd go out there you'd coach you had your have your players go to battle and everything was good but nowadays uh there's just a lot of complications but the referees uh are really something that we've got to figure out what to do uh again and this is something i want to talk about in my talk today uh, about the referees and the and the costs, but um, the point being is that when the other coach 
has the right philosophy and, and uh, as an educator, not an entertainment. Somebody is helping his players uh, work for mastery and the love of their sport. And, that you know, that sounds trite and very trivial and very mundane, very uh, – boy, where did I get that word mundane? You know, I, I drank a cup of coffee. Maybe that's what's allowing me to <laughs> throw some words around there. But the point being is that when you run against the right competitor, it is the most noble thing ever to go to battle with another man another woman if you're a woman another girl another boy and to go to battle to go to battle and you walk out of there both of you both of you feeling great about it and then if you go to battle against somebody's a little weasley somebody it stretches a little bit somebody it's out there to get in your face to do the bully tennis and to sort of flaunt who they are and rah, 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 I'm a big tennis guy. You know, I'm going to show you and put you in your play. It's it's awful. It's it's awful. We just demean the sports. I've had both of them. I've had both of them so far. We've played a bunch of matches. And there's some squirrely, whirly, uh, wally uh, coaches out there. And, uh, you know, the Eddie Haskell kind that used to be on, not Wally. Wally was a pretty good guy, actually. But the leave it to Beaver type Eddie Haskell people, and, you know, these are wormy people. It's, it's not fun when you go against the wrong person. But when you go against the kind of person that is uh, squares off and says, let's go get it done, wow, that is that it's a special thing. And I, I just, I've been having both of these happen, you know, as a coach. Again, I'm just loving being back in college coaching. I'm at a place that allows you to work with people, and you're really working on the core of the individual. And tennis is a great vehicle to teach them at a much deeper, deeper level. So uh, I want to I want to talk today uh, briefly. My program is is a short one. We're in the middle of the season, but I do really have a great, great topic today, and and it's basically all of our challenges to make American tennis great again. And uh, it's, it's each and every one of us. It's not just the coaches. It's not just the USDA. It's not just our political uh, bodies, whether you like the political organizations or the bureaucracies themselves. We've got very good people out there. And uh, we need to address, folks, listen, I always say address issues, not people. Uh, but address organizations, you don't have to address. There's good people in every organization, but they're, you know, but the bottom line is bureaucracies and top-down management will never, will never work to make American tennis great again. It's up to you and it's up to me and it's up to everybody who loves this great sport that teaches our kids everything, everything. If we just, you know, but dump all of the stuff, peripheral stuff and the knee-jerk stuff, and just go back to the code and the code of honor, you know, and uh, sportsmanship, laughable, laughable, laughable. We were at a junior tournament here in the USTA sending these daggone little sportsmanship bags out. We're supposed to give them to the kids like they'll go, whoa, all right, this is great stuff. It's laughable, you know, but, I mean, we've got all of the trinkets and, and all of the razzle-dazzle, but basically, sportsmanship is two things. You never bring shame on the game or your family name. This is Coach Chuck Creasy. I will be right back after the quick commercial here. 
This is Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years' experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis, and over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at ChuckCreasy.net. That's ChuckCreasy.net. challenge to make American tennis great again. All of us, all of us 
need to be involved in this, all of each and every one of us. And two weeks ago, I had a program on the difference between participation and performance tennis. And that's a very, very big thing that we need to get right, and our leaders need to get this right. They need to they need to understand that uh, the bump and giggle stuff and participation does not breed excellence, folks. Excellence breeds participation. Do you hear me? Participation. You could have everybody participating in something and not breed excellence. This is called socialism. And if it's if I'm going to talk about it, understand that, folks, tennis is not socialistic. How would you like it if the prize – how would the pros like the prize money tournaments if we had 32 people in the tournament paid everybody the same amount of money no matter how they did? That's basically what we're doing with our kids when we give out 38 trophies and dumb down everything. It's just there's nothing to fight for or work for. And it just ain't right in the American way. So um, we're going to talk about this. Let's get on with our program today. Our challenge is to make American tennis great again. But we need to stable, number one, stabilize our philosophy as a tennis community between is it education or entertainment? And many people will say, look, uh, is it, it's uh, participation. Well, does participation breed entertainment or education or a past, uh, just a common pastime? I work at a place that is a military school, and it, it's it's fantastic. But every recruit that I bring on campus, the parents still have the same thing. Question, do they have time enough to play tennis, to have their life, and to have their free time and things like this? And I put, the other day I put three little salt shakers down on the table showing a parent, and I said, you have three three things in your life as far as your time. You have your dirty work time. You have your passion time, and you have your free time. So your dirty work is like taking out the garbage, washing your clothes, uh, doing all the sweeping the floor, doing your homework, anything that is dirty work. Then you have your passion time. This is an affair of the heart. What is actually an affair of the heart for you, for your children, the people around you? And if you don't have people around you that have an have affairs of the heart and love affairs of the heart and passion, uh, folks, not much good's going to happen. Not much good is ever going to take place past the 60th or 70th percentile. Then you have your free time. So the way I explain it to parents where I am coaching is that we try to change your dirty work, some of it into passion work, also your free time into passion work, and guess what happens? You become an extremely productive person. You still get your dirty work done. And in your free time is something of quality. It is not wasted time. Your free time becomes, it is so interesting to see when kids work hard every day, every day, every day, how they hold in such high esteem another an hour with a friend, 30-minute nap, uh, just Things that are so small and simple, they get great gratification out of. Now, do you see how we've diluted, polluted, and prostituted our society with our young people when we take our free time and we blow it up to where greater and greater extremes of parties, drinking, 
doing the wrong things and all this stuff becomes not that exciting as it once was. So kids go to greater and greater extremes. And it used to be the old thing that uh, uh, what 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 was the old thing? The idleness is the devil's workshop. What what? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! That just popped in my head back from my childhood. Idleness is the devil's workshop. You betcha. So what you want is you're still going to have your free time, but you change the philosophy. How did I get talking about this? But the, your philosophy in tennis has to be that it is a passionate endeavor. It is a passionate endeavor. Yeah, there's dirty work to do if you want to be better at it. But the free time part and the participation part is something that's going to be there anyway as a byproduct of trying to uh, make it an educational endeavor. So let's stabilize that philosophy. And part of that is USTA, get the heck out of the marketing business of counting the numbers and seeing how much money's coming in and all of this rigmarole. And, you know, I, I <laughs> it is laughable to – to to just see the mentality that goes on by people who are only looking at marketing and numbers and how many we got doing this, how many we got doing that, and 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 and, and nothing nothing happens. We've got to stop the marketing mentality. My youngsters, who I teach, all of our collegiate players, everybody I teach, I preach work for mastery, and it will be an ongoing love affair. With what you do, it'll be a tremendous event, for a tremendous activity for your entire life. Go for mastery, not for success. And this is a huge, huge, huge thing that all player and anybody who is, falls in love with the sport have to go to. They work for mastery, not success. But let's let's stop the mark. Get out of the marketing business. Number three, let's awaken the sleeping giants in our country. All of us have a part in this. Where, what are our sleeping giants? Very quickly, the big three are high school tennis, okay, small town tennis, and college tennis. Can we awaken the sleeping giants, please? And it could be simple because we already have the built-in vehicles to awaken this sleeping giant. In other words, in high school all around America, we have high school tennis. I'm going to be speaking a lot about this topic tomorrow on Coach John Denise's program. And we're going to be talking about awakening the sleeping giant of high school tennis and what we might be able to do. Wow, is this a topic, but we... Everybody says, uh, if you talk to the normal person at a high school, why isn't high school tennis more important? They say, oh, well, we've got a football coach who coaches it. That sounds like a nice disclaimer. Or our coach doesn't understand the sport in a club. You know, that the team across town is better because they have a teaching pro that works with. That's a nice disclaimer. Number one, our biggest culprit in the uh, average mediocrity-seeking high school after-school programs that are going on out there, the culprit mainly is the format of high school matches. It breeds no excellence. 
It inspires no one. It will not get performance nor participation in the end run from the for the format is awful. Along with that, the college format is awful. Both need to be rearranged and adjusted. And it's it's the dual match format. Folks, dual match format is a participation format. It is not a performance format. Dual match allows average people to be average and good people to be brought back into the pack of average. And that's why we can't get our best players to play the dual match format. Now, stay with me. Stay with me here. In tournament tennis, as a player wins, they grow exponentially. As they lose, they fall arithmetically. In other words, you grow very fast, you fall very slowly. A tournament tennis player can lose first round, first round, first round, and then bang, they break through and they make the semifinals of a big event, and they have arrived as the result of exponential growth from winning, arithmetic growth, which means they don't fall very far from losing. Now listen, hear me out. Dual match tennis, you only grow arithmetically if you win. I've seen number one players, I don't want to go too deep here, but here's how I explained it in the number one player. If you're playing number one at a college, you basically are playing the first round or second round of a futures event player. You're playing somebody very, very good, very, very skilled. Not a great player yet, but a very good player every round. You don't get the opening rounds of a breather where you're playing someone below you usually. Second two rounds, usually you're playing somebody that's your level. Semis and finals of tournament play, you play somebody that's usually ahead of you. In dual match tennis, you're always playing somebody at your level, whether it's a number one player, number six player, number 15 player. So we keep number five players at number five in their level at number five. Number one players, here's the deal. You think I'm playing number one. Look at the tournament results of great players. You might have someone who's top ten in the world. Let's let's say that it's, uh, you know, uh, golly, Monfils. All right, go look at Monfils's record. He's probably sixty-six and thirty, sixty-six and thirty-five. That means he's winning two-thirds of his matches. A number one player at a college, a number one player at a high school, if he's six and four, everybody said, oh, he's only 50%. That's a D. They're not doing very good. No, he's really doing well. That's like playing the semifinals of a tournament at his level every week. Every week he's in the semifinals. He's six and four or seven and three in semifinal events. So you 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 see what I'm saying here about the the fallacy of the format, we've got to dump the high school format and the college format. Everybody wants participation. Well, we're participation in something that nobody cares about. And once you give, it's just like giving participation trophies. After a while, people throw them in the trash can. And that shoot, we never allowed our kids to take the daggone things. It's so stupid because it doesn't mean anything. College and high school, they're the sleeping giants. Small Town Tennis USA, over 75% of our professional athletes in America come from small towns, less than 50,000 people. 
But where has all the money from the USTA gone? Inner city, big cities, because we have a problem. There's no money to be made by a teaching pro in a small town unless you have somebody that's very creative and very innovative. But we've got a program starting out I'm putting together called Small Town Tennis USA. Look for it. If we get it, can get it rolling, it's going to be something special. And I don't have time to go into it, but let's uh, go on, move on. We've got two more uh, issues to talk about, about all of us and our challenge make American tennis great again. Again, we've got to have stabilize our philosophy, education over entertainment, and working for mastery instead of success. We've got to stop marketing the daggone thing. Once the marketeers get in charge of things, it gets messed up because, you know what? You dilute prostitutes. You, you, pollute, <laughs> dilute, and prostitute. And once you do that, nothing of excellence can happen. We need to awaken the sleeping giants. We got to awaken the sleeping giants in our sport. That's high school tennis, college tennis, and small town tennis. Folks, listen, we've got to elevate our experts next. We need to elevate our experts. Ex people who are the best in their field usually don't care for the pomp and the hype. They're the people in the trenches. They're those that high school coach in a small community who doesn't have a lot of resources but continuously turns out quality people and quality programs. Uh, and we, we elevate the loud mouths, the people who are self-promoters, the people who first thing they'll say if you meet them is, hey, Google me to find out who I am. You understand empty barrels make the most noise my mama used to say and um fools names fools faces always seen in public places mama used to say and all of these things we know this isn't it a shame that the loud mouths instead of the quality people get the hype in tennis these organizations and their committees usually have two or three excellent people but they're run by people of who people, I'm not saying they're bad people, they're just average competence levels, not competent to the level that they need to be. So next thing we need to do is elevate our experts, elevate our experts, stabilize our philosophy, education over entertainment, stop the marketing, awaken the sleeping giants, and we need to elevate our experts. We get, we, we really do. They're out there. The Jack Sharps, the dang, the Wayne Bryans, my golly. I'd love Pat Harrison with his son. And what a great job as parenting those two parents have done. Unbelievable. I'm going to try to get Pat Harrison on here. I need to get him to talk about his son. He said he'd come on the show. I'm going to try to get him in a couple of weeks. But we need to elevate these experts and, and the people who are seeking fame and glory out of being a part of something. We used to call them the locker room sniffers, you know, the uh, the people who hang out, uh, breathe air, occupy space, and hope that something good happens by being around something, you know. And we got we got to just get the right people in there to elevate the experts, folks. This last one appeals to all of us, and this was number five. We've got to make tennis cheaper to play and dump the abbreviations and dump the referees 
Now, how do we do that? Let's empower tournament directors again. Number five, let's empower tournament directors again. Do you know that if you want to run a USTA tournament, that they give you a list of details 58 pages long? You have to pay a, folks, listen to this. You got to pay a participation tax, a head tax on every kid to the USTA for your right to run a tournament. Do we need another organization out there? Is anybody up running a new organization or starting one? Hey, no offense, USTA, but you guys are just asking for it. And if you don't think it can happen, it can happen. We need a tennis tea party or a new organization, but we need to make American tennis cheaper again. When you play no ad scoring, a friend of mine said, 1200 bucks it cost me. My kid got to play 49 games. That's $24 a game. And guess what? It was no ad scoring. <laughs> I figured it cost me 3 to $6, 3 to 6 or $7 a point. My, my youngster got the ball. Are you kidding me? Well, listen, there's no scholarships out there, folks. We got a college tennis. There's a lot going wrong with college tennis. There's no scholarships out there. They're all being given to international students right now. We've all exported college scholarships, and uh, there's not much chance out there for your youngster. I hate to tell you that, but you better get on the horn and start calling the right people. We better get after this if we're going to do it. And the way we do it is by incentivizing American kids or American college programs. Let's not penalize the international. They're all politically correct. You know where that's going. You do that. Let's incentivize those programs that are using American kids. Let's incentivize people. Folks. We are all in this battle. I think the most important point that I've got to make as we close here is to remind us, each and every one of you, each and every one of us who love the sport of tennis, we need to look at it in a, as a the best, best learning tool our youngsters could ever go through or be a part of, and they learn everything in its purest form. It is shameful that the best sport in America, best sport in the whole world, has been diluted, polluted, and prostituted to an extent that we're we're just screwing up, and all of the talent, and all of the hope, and the dreams, and everything are of people are falling through the cracks. And don't tell me you're not we're not doing a bad job. The ITA is doing awful, awful guys. Call in. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to have you on the show. But, but you guys need to, with the scoring system, what you've done to the scoring system, what you've done to the college format, you're trying to market the sport instead of making it an educational endeavor. College tennis is into entertainment, not education, and it will be very short-lived, and it will be done. And the proof's in the pudding, two players right now in the top 100 that played men's college tennis, I think one in the women's side that played college tennis. Think of this. 100 kids a year in the USA, 100 women, 100 men. The last 10 years, that's 1,000. Name the amount of male players, the amount of female players that went to college and are made the top 100 in the world after going to college. Pathetic. And we are the only sport that college tennis is not a springboard into professional ranks. It's not... 
for any other reason that it is not an educational endeavor. It has been dumbed down. ITA, you are at fault. You really are because you're the kingpin that is pushing everything towards this short, abbreviated thing that is an after-school activity. It's after-school activity-ish instead of a great sport. And guess what? Folks are pushing it down to your high school kids, even junior tennis. They're calling it the college format. Well, the college format is rubbish. It's awful. In ITA, let's call it the ITA format. I love college tennis and what it is, but the ITA format is awful. USTA, you've got to get out of the political business and start getting into the teaching business. Remember, you do not run, you're not, you're a service organization. That's your first and foremost endeavor, and it should be. And same with the ITA. You guys should be service organization giving to everyone instead of trying to be the political body or what do they call themselves, the governing body. No, you don't own tennis. Who owns tennis, folks? Whoa. Man, oh, man. I could talk forever on that and uh, the things we're doing wrong. But big thing is what we need to do right. All of us are involved. All of us need to stand up, speak out, address the things that need to be addressed. Address issues. You can address organizations. Just don't address people. Stay professional. And nobody can find fault in all that it takes for evil to prosper is for good men, good women to do nothing. Edmund Burke once said, God bless you all, and we will see you next week on American Tennis. Opinions stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.